This Saturday's matchup between Oklahoma State and Texas Tech could have huge implications on the NCAA tournament. I'm Matt Jordan with the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And as his most recent update on bracketology, Joe Lenardi currently has Oklahoma State setting at first four out, number 70 overall, and Texas Tech setting as the next four out, number 76 Overall, You'd have to think that the matchup between those two teams on Saturday could determine who, if either, could make the NCAA tournament. If you look at both these teams' last 10 games, Oklahoma State is 5-5. Five and five. They won five in a row. They beat Ole Miss. They beat OU. They beat TCU. They beat Texas Tech. They lost to Iowa State. Then they lost five in a row. KU, TCU, West Virginia, K-State, and Baylor. Texas Tech, on the other hand, they ha- are at 6-4. and four. They beat LSU. They beat Iowa State. Then they lost to Baylor. Then they lost to Oklahoma State. They beat Kansas State, Texas, West Virginia, and Oklahoma, rattling off four wins in a row. But now they've lost back-to-back games to tough opponents at home against TCU and then on the road against Kansas, who looks like maybe the best team in college basketball. And, of course, Oklahoma State got the better of this matchup the first time around in Stillwater, a three-point win, 71-68. to And right now I'd be worried if I'm Oklahoma State having to travel to Lubbock to take on the Red Raiders. They're not favored in the game. Matter of fact, according to ESPN Analytics, the matchup predictor favors the Red Raiders 62.9% to 37.1%. And it's easy to see with the fact that Oklahoma State has been struggling. Uh, They have not looked great in their last five games. That was a tough stretch. You know, you had to take on KU. You had to travel to TCU, travel to West Virginia. Then K-State and Baylor at home, tough matchups. But they honestly haven't looked great in any of those games. They they looked good in the first half against KU, did not look good in the second half. They looked really bad against TCU. They did not look good against West Virginia. They looked okay against Kansas State. They looked okay against Baylor, but Baylor had uh, around a 9-10 to 10 point lead for most of that game. Uh, K-State got the 73-68 win. Baylor got the 74-68 win. Really and truly, you needed to split those two games to give yourself a better spot to try to make the national tournament. And I talked at at a point earlier in the season that when you were looking at those last seven games, they needed to go three and four. They can't do that now. The best they can do is go two and five, which at the time I said was not good enough. Now, they picked up a big win against Iowa State, which I did did not have them winning. But... Uh, after that, it just completely derailed the season, and Avery Anderson's injury would have to be a large part of that. Hopefully, if they do make the tournament, Anderson can return to the lineup. I know he was talking about hoping to get back into the lineup, so let's see if that changes the pace for the Cowboys heading into the part of March for this basketball season. Tech, on the other hand, has capitalized on Oklahoma State kind of falling off to move themselves into a a better spot into potentially making the tournament. And looking at the Big 12 standings uh, right now, they currently set uh, two games back of Oklahoma State, which they cannot catch. Um, 
West Virginia separates Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. But Oklahoma State, the best they can be is 8-10 and 10 in the Big 12. But setting at 8-10 and 10 does put them in an interesting spot thanks to their regular season sweep of Iowa State. Because if Iowa State is to lose on Saturday, and it, that, is, that is highly likely, uh, they, they have a very tough uh, tough matchup coming up on Saturday as they get set to take on Baylor. So the potential of them losing that game is fairly high. Oklahoma State, with a win against Texas Tech, not only would it help them in the seeding-wise of trying to make the NCAA tournament, but that would move you up because Iowa State would be 8-10. and 10, Oklahoma State would be 8-10. and 10, Tiebreaker goes to head-to-head. Oklahoma State won both of the head-to-head matchups. And that would put you in a spot where you're in the Big 12 tournament as the 6th seed and not the 7th seed, which means you get to avoid that first-round play-in game, uh, which is the 7 versus the 10 and the 8 versus the 9, and you wouldn't have to play OU, which means you also get to avoid playing Texas in the first round, who is the team they've struggled to the most this season as they lost to Texas big in both of those matchups. But it would put you in a spot where you would play Baylor and have a chance at redemption uh, against a, a Baylor team that you did play at least close in the last matchup. And I would much rather play Baylor than I would would like to play Texas. So a lot of stuff involved in this Oklahoma State game versus Texas Tech. And there's also a slight opportunity with Oklahoma State's win over Texas Tech that Texas Tech could fall to the 10 spot. It's not likely as OU kind of looks locked into that 10 spot. A lot of things would kind of have to happen for Texas Tech to fall down there, which would mean another rematch uh, if Oklahoma State does not move up to the 6 spot. But a win against Texas Tech, move you up to the sixth spot, give you a little bit better chance. I still think you got to beat Texas Tech and you got to win. I'm going to say you have to win two games. You're going to have to upset somebody, whether that's KU, whether that's Texas, whether that's Baylor, whether that's Kansas State. You've got to upset someone in the second round. I don't think one win in the tournament, if if it's that play-in, a play-in win, if you finish seven and you play in a win against OU after beating Texas Tech does not guarantee you a spot if you lose to Texas Tech if Oklahoma State is to lose to Texas Tech on Saturday I think that they have to win the Big 12 tournament I I, maybe make it to the title but if they lose to Texas Tech six straight losses on on the season I think kind of outside of winning the Big 12 tournament eliminates them from from contention of making the NCAA tournament, which is so strange to think when just a month ago I was talking about how they looked like they were on the right track. Not uh, just a few weeks ago, I was talking about how they were poised to make a tournament run, and then they rattle off five straight losses after winning seven of eight with the only loss coming to Texas, uh, and then just, I mean, absolutely collapsing at the end of the season. And now it all comes down to March, which which is what it's all about, right? It's what it's all about. But it all comes down to March. you got to beat Texas Tech. I think you have to 
pull off at least one upset in the Big 12 tournament. And if you lose to Texas Tech, you're going to have to pull off a lot of upsets and win the Big 12 tournament to get that automatic qualifier. Uh, maybe making it to the Big 12 tournament championship would get you in. We'll see what the committee does there. For Texas Tech, I think if they beat OSU and then they can rattle off a win or two in the Big 12 tournament, they may sneak themselves in. Um, But it looks like from uh, bracketology and just kind of what you're looking at, KU is going to be a one seed. Baylor and Texas and K-State will likely be two or three seeds. TCU is going to be about a four or five seed. Iowa State will be a top eight seed. And West Virginia will sneak in somewhere. Maybe they're one of the last four in, last four out. Uh, But they're around a 10 to an 11 seed. And Oklahoma State and Texas Tech are massively on the bubble. There's slight chances, but I I don't see it likely, which is unfortunate for uh, guys like Caleb Boone, who uh, as a senior uh, will miss out on the tournament. But just a monumental collapse for Oklahoma State coming down the stretch. Honestly, really needed to beat K-State and Baylor at home or beat one of the two teams at home and then beat Texas Tech, but it just it doesn't look likely. And if you lose to Texas Tech Saturday, it's just, I think it's over at that point. I, I do. Uh, unfortunately for the Cowboys, I think uh, things will just come to an end. You will not make the tournament, and, and you know, maybe, maybe they can look good uh, in the NIT. On a more positive note, Oklahoma State softball has looked like one of the best teams in the country, and with one statistic, they are the best team in the country. They currently lead the nation in team batting average, slightly under 400 at 394. In fact, they have currently five players batting 400 or better. Cheyenne Factor batting 400. Caitlin Carlisle, 410. Kylie Naomi, 410. Uh, Taylor Edwards, 442. And then Rachel Becker batting a 579. Uh, they're hitting the long ball as well. The team on the season currently has 23 home runs. They've won 11 straight. Of those 11 straight wins, seven of them have been a run rule victory. They've got five shutouts. They've outscored opponents in that 11-game win streak, 107-25. to And again, batting 394. And they're at home for the first time this season coming up. This weekend with the tournament in Stillwater, the OSU Tulsa Invitational, as uh, they will take on Maine, Missouri, South Dakota State, Tarleton State, and then again, South Dakota State. They have a doubleheader against Maine and Missouri on Friday, a doubleheader against South Dakota State and Tarleton State on Saturday, and wrap it up against South Dakota State again on Sunday. And then they will start their uh, kind of season, the out-of-tournament stuff, hosting three games at home against Florida State. So eight straight games coming up for the Cowgirls in Stillwater over the course of the next two weekends. And uh, they've already got off to a hot start. They're one of the best teams in all of softball, with OU being one of the other best teams. So going to be a fun time to watch the Big 12 this year when it comes to the softball season. And uh, Oklahoma State, you look at not just the 
hitting, which we talked about how well they've hit. But uh, Kelly Maxwell has a 1.53 ERA. Lexi Kilfoyle has a 2.41 ERA. Ivy Rosenberry has a 2.80 ERA, and uh, Kyra Acock has a 3.34 ERA. Acock has a, a one hitter on her season as well. Uh, Maxwell is 5 and 0, Lexi Kilfoyle is 2 and 0, and Kyra Acock is 3 and 0. Rosenberry has that only loss coming to Maryland. When you look at complete games, Maxwell's thrown four complete games. Uh, she's pitched 32 innings so far this year, only giving up seven earned runs. They've only given up 32 runs on the season as a team, uh, and 11 of those came in one game in their only loss uh, to to Maryland. Opponents are batting 133 against Kelly Maxwell right now. She has 58 strikeouts on the season. Kilfoyle has 19, Rosenberry with 11, and, and Kyra Aycock has 10. The numbers just pop all over the place statistically. They hit, they pitch, and uh, they field as well. Kylie Naomi is one of the best uh, defensive shortstops in all of college softball. So the softball team is incredible. It's the funnest part, uh, in my opinion, of the sports going on currently at Oklahoma State. They do incredibly amazing things. Uh, They're winning close games when they have them, and then they're blowing teams out. Um, the the closest game they've had recently was a three to one game against Nebraska, ten six against UTEP, and then the ten nine game against Virginia Tech. Everything else, you've got shutouts. They give up just two runs. They give up one run again with the run rules. So we'll see the the interesting test on Friday, taking on the top twenty five team in Missouri. Looking at that. Normally, Maxwell would go game one, right, against Maine. I would be interesting to see, they're both on Friday, is if Maxwell gets to start against Missouri and you go maybe Rosenberry or Acock uh, or even Kilfoyle against Maine. But I have to assume just the way that uh, Coach has done things this year, uh, Maxwell will start the first game, Kilfoyle will start the second game, and then Acock, Rosenberry, one of those two will start the fourth and fifth game and then we'll probably see Maxwell again on Sunday wrapping things up against South Dakota State. So Oklahoma State looks good to start the season they're the second best team in the Big 12 with only OU in front of them. Baylor looks incredible Texas a little bit hit hit or miss uh, but they, they've had some tough matchups early in the year and uh, we get into Big 12 play towards the end of the season. First Big 12 matchup is uh, against Baylor. That'll be an interesting test coming up uh, later in the the month. March 24th is that those games against Baylor will be a three-game state slate that will be all in Stillwater. And then, uh, then you're looking at uh, some other interesting matchups moving through into April. Uh, you'll see Texas at the end of April. Texas Tech has looked... Uh, pretty decent as well, but those Texas games will be in Austin, and then you wrap up the season taking on OU in May. Uh, all those games are in Stillwater, so that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Oklahoma State has a potential to win the whole thing. They're that good, and they've got enough talent to win the whole thing. Great coaching, some veteran leadership. They were close last year, and they have a real opportunity to get it done this year. Baseball's also looked good here as of late. Kind of a bumpy start 
for the baseball team. Uh, but they they do look they do look uh, they look pretty good uh, taking on uh, Missouri State that was a big win for them come from behind actually they were down uh, five nothing at one point were able to cut it to five to four uh, actually got things tied back up at, at five five in the sixth and then the bottom of the sixth Missouri State took the lead again but a seven run seventh would give Oklahoma State a twelve to ten win Nolan McLean picks up his fourth save of the year. We know the Cowboys can hit. They've got a great offense led by some great hitters, Rock Riggio, Nolan Schubert, uh, David Minham. Uh, so there's there's a lot of talent on the offense. Uh, Nolan McLean, who plays both ways. Uh, so we know the team can hit. They can score runs. They've, they've done that a number of times. Uh, cut it real close, scoring nine against Vanderbilt, and then a comeback effort that fell short. But the other thing that they've done here recently is they've been able to pitch. Uh, which is it's so important in baseball because there are a lot of talented hitters. Pitching is a little bit different, but uh, their little little stand here at O'Bray where they won four of five in Stillwater over the course of uh, the last week. Pitching was really good. They played Cal Baptist in that first game at O'Bray. They threw a combined no-hitter. They went back out against their first game against Loyola Marymount, threw another combined no-hitter. Back-to-back no-hit games for the Oklahoma State pitching staff, which when you can pitch in baseball, you're going to find yourself in very, very good standing, especially when you have hitters like this Oklahoma State team does. Uh, Jerron Watts-Brown has looked fairly good. 2-7 ERA, the transfer coming over, uh, only has one whip. Uh, He struck out 14 on the season in uh, the 10 innings pitch, and then uh, Isaac uh, Stebbins has a sub-3 ERA as well at 289. So looking at this team, led by a couple of pretty good starting pitchers, and then after that, they've got a great set of relief guys. And then, to cap it all off, Nolan McLean comes in right now leading the country in saves with four and a two two five ERA. So the team the team looks good. I like Oklahoma State. They're five and three. The record's not the best it could be, um, but uh, they got some some interesting matchups. They're at Stillwater for a while. Uh, Austin P, Arizona State, Utah Tech. Uh, Dallas Baptist all at home. They're not back on the road until they head to Texas Tech in uh, March 17th. So they've got, you know, almost a two and a half week stand where they're at home and they can really, really improve that record if they start picking up victories. And that starts with Austin P this weekend. So you look at a good run here. Uh, you only drop one or two. You're looking at a much better record by the middle of March than what this season has started out with. I think they're starting to figure things out as well. And they are three and one at home at O'Brate. Uh, this year and have not played only one road game. Uh, the other stuff was a neutral site. So, we, uh, we will see what the rest of the baseball season holds. And then the last thing I kind of want to talk about is this $325 million plan for athletics. A huge deal that was announced earlier this week uh, where they have this athletics vision plan, $325 million, going to include a new football operations center, a wrestling training facility, a softball stadium, which is great to hear, indoor track, training center for basketball, upgrades to the equestrian center and Karsten Creek Golf Course. And I, I think this is so huge for the athletic program because if you look at the Big 12, you look where they sit right now. They, the Oklahoma State, 
with OU and Texas leaving, have a potential to be kings of the new Big 12, which in my mind is the third best conference in sports. Obviously, the SEC dominates in football. The Big 10 right there behind them in football, and football is king. Yes. But when you look at the other stuff, they're the best conference in basketball, and they don't lose enough with OU and Texas to make them not the best conference in basketball, especially with KUK State, uh, as good as, as they are, Baylor as well. Uh, Oklahoma State has submitted themselves as a great softball school. OU leaves, that's going to hurt a little bit, but they'll take over. They don't lose a whole lot in baseball. Texas, obviously, is a very good baseball school, but Oklahoma State can be one of the best teams, if not the best team in the Big 12. And then you look at Oklahoma State's dominated wrestling, they've been great at golf, They just won the Big 12 in indoor track and field. Uh, Their equestrian team is phenomenal. So the Big 12, a top three conference. We see what the Pac-12 is dealing with. So the kings of the Big 12, and not just in football, but all throughout. And it's been a rough year. It's been a rough year for Oklahoma State. Football was disappointing. Basketball got hot and then it fell off. Cowgirls basketball, though, phenomenal. They're top three team in the Big 12. Softball, second best team in the Big 12, behind a perennial powerhouse. Uh, Baseball, top three team in the Big 12. Indoor track and field is great. Wrestling, best team in the Big 12. Equestrian, best team in the Big 12. Golf will be phenomenal. They always are. Golf school. So... You're you're submitting yourself and you're making the improvements and showing that football isn't just king, that we want to be great everywhere. And you're showing recruits that we don't just focus on football. You come here to Oklahoma State and you're going to succeed whatever sports you play. Right now, softball has really taken a hold of the university, of the fans. They're having such a great season. They're going to build a new softball stadium, which is is very much needed. Coach Gayeski talked about that, uh, that he's been campaigning for that for a while. So it will uh, go where the Alley P. Reynolds Stadium was. They just got a new baseball stadium not that long ago. Improvements are going to be made to that. They're going to be in practice facilities being upgraded for the football team, the basketball team. So Oklahoma State is making an effort to show that they care about all the sports. They want to be great at all the sports. It was so cool to see when they teased this, how every Twitter account, every athletic Twitter account, all in, all in, all in, all in. It's so good to see because with OU and Texas leaving, yes, it affects football. It affects all the sports. But Oklahoma State in the new look Big 12, which is bringing in some very good schools, BYU, UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, nothing to scoff at. BYU has been good in football and good in basketball over the course of the last 20 years. Houston, currently the odds-on favorite to win the national championship in basketball. UCF has had an undefeated season not that long ago. Cincinnati was in the playoffs in football. These teams will come in. They will contribute to the football and basketball side of things. Interested to see what they contribute to the other parts of the athletic world. But right now, Oklahoma State saying, we want to be 
the kings of the new Big 12, and we're going to do the things to help recruiting and to help the students feel like we're behind them for success. And I, I love I love to see it. I love what they're doing with it. I loved when T-Boone came in. We remade the football stadium. I love T-Boone picking stadium. I love what I'm seeing. I can't wait to see the new softball stadium. Uh, O'Brate is beautiful, uh, so I can't wait to see the new softball stadium. Can't wait to see the other improvements as well. Oklahoma State, they're America's brightest orange. Well, the future is bright. For the Bokes Podcast, I'm Matt Jordan, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.